You're listening to the 405 Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode's a pretty special one. It's a chat with a friend of mine named Sorka Richardson. Sorcha is a singer-songwriter from Dublin who's found New York City becoming her second home. You know that old story. But in this talk, we delve into her experiences, writing music, living in New York, but more than anything else, it's just two friends catching up. Enjoy. Sarka, thanks for sitting with me. It's oh, good to be here. Of course. Here. Yeah, good to see you again. Uh, I was looking, I was especially looking forward to doing this one with you because this is where I have the opportunity to be totally selfish and just catch <laughs> up with my friend. <laughs> yeah. So, so for everybody listening, I'm just going to be catching up mostly. Like, fuck format, whatever format is. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Like, can't complain. It's hot, but you know. What are you gonna it's do? hot, but I think the AC will interfere with sure. <laughs> the sign. Yeah, it is hot. It's a New York summer. Yeah, we talked earlier that you're going back to Dublin like in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, I just booked my flight yesterday. I go home, I think in two weeks' time. Yeah. For, I'm not sure how long. I guess a month or six weeks or something. A while, like longer than I've been. In years, right? In years, yeah. Jesus, how do you feel about that? I, I'm kind of excited. Usually I go home for like two weeks at Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. And it feels crazy because it's like family who I haven't seen for a really long time and friends and I don't often do that much music stuff well sometimes I do I might do like a small gig here or there but it always feels like I'm there to see friends and family and not yeah. necessarily to like play a show so but I'm there for a bit longer this time so I think I might do a few more things and yeah. it'll be fun your mom must be really excited as well yeah. yes <laughs> to, to ever, I mean everybody's like every time I go home, it's like sometimes I go home and I don't tell people I'm home yet because I just have to like not, you know. It's like as soon as I tell people I'm home, then my house becomes like there's like a revolving door, and it's like so if I'm home for a few weeks, then I'll just like sneak in, sleep for like a day or two. Like when I used to go home for Christmas, I would get home, not sleep, be completely jet lagged, and then immediately go out that night with all of my friends from school, just because yeah. it would always be like. I don't know. I don't know why we would plan those nights for the day I got home, but we did. So there was like two or three years in a row where I get home and we would just go out. I'd be like straight off the plane and like into the club in yeah. in the city center. But you know what? Like I feel like if there's ever been a city that like that would work for Dublin's like that, because like it's small enough where it's like you could just get around and not feel as exhausted as you would here. I imagine. Yeah, and I mean, it would always be with like all of my friends who I hadn't seen for maybe six months or a year or something, who I get to see once a year maybe, so I'll like resurrect myself for <laughs> for those occasions. Yeah. It's been like over a year since I've been back, I miss it. Uh, Dublin is fucking... Really? Yeah, I love yeah. it there. I'm so excited, like for, there was, it's, I feel like there was one year where I didn't go home at all during the summer, Yeah. so there was like... I skipped a summer and then the next time I went home for the summer I was like, why did I do that last year? <laughs> like, this is the best place ever. It is. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, you know this about me, but naturally I know like a lot of Irish people who from Dublin, even Belfast in the north, who like live here. But yeah. I feel like with them and also with me, whenever I've gone back, you just like get struck with just like how specific Irish people are. Like, there's nowhere yeah. else in the world you can find people like Irish people. I mean, I, even over here, like, I've, all of my roommates, since, since 
when I lived in the dorm for the first year when I was in college. Like I've always lived with friends from home. And I'd say 65, 70% of the people who I hang out with are friends from Dublin as well. So, but it is, yeah, it's just like, it's just, you know, when you're, when you share like, uh, like a cultural reference, like people talk about stuff over here all the time and I have no idea what they're talking about, just like <laughs> TV shows that they would watch when they were kids and yeah. all of these like cultural references that I don't understand. Yeah. And then when I meet an Irish person over here, you immediately just have this understanding of each other just because yeah. you grew up in the same place and also a place like Ireland it's just so tiny. I think me specifically because I've been here since I'm 12, I've been 12, I think when yeah. we first met I was definitely guilty of doing that because I think I made because <laughs> I love making reference like movies and TV shows and like I'm the type of person who'd be like oh you naturally know what this TV show from 1970 yeah. whatever is. <laughs> so I met a girl um, from Dublin like two weeks ago and immediately I just felt like she was my best friend because yeah. she because you know we just knew all the same schools that like our friends had gone to and like just had the same kind of background so it's like yeah. you like skip 10 steps I feel like when that happens. Yeah, you know I feel like it must be like the same old story but like I mean I know specifically with you like the, as long as you've been here in New York I know that was like never really the plan it just kind of like sort of happened. So now that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we talked about that before and like now that you're going back for at least for a bit like, dude, like, when you look back on how long you've been here and, like, all the experiences you've had, how does that make you feel? Like, that's, you've been here for quite a bit. Yeah, it makes me feel really weird. I've been here almost eight years. Wow. And I think when I first moved, like, I remember my mom and my dad, everybody was just acting like it was such a big deal that I was moving yeah. to New York, and I couldn't understand why they were making <laughs> such a fuss. Yeah. And I was no, just going over an ocean. No. Yeah, but in my head I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'll be home at Christmas, I'll see you in three months. Yeah. I just didn't understand. And they, but, but now I get that it was like, yeah, you'll be home at Christmas for two weeks. But like, you know, for um, they were like, you'll never live in this house again. And I, I had no intention of staying for eight years yeah. at the time. I was like, if I don't like it, I'll just come home. Like, it didn't feel like I was making this decision. To, yeah to relocate but and also I think because I'm moving you know when you do things like moving out of my apartment which I'm <laughs> doing right now just, I'm <laughs> sitting in garden furniture in the middle of the <laughs> but um I think that's and it's all it happens on birthdays too you like take stock of you like pause for a minute and think whoa I've been in this apartment for four years and like how much life has happened in that time it also feels like a blink yeah. And I, that's kind of how I feel about New York too, going back. It's like, it's a blur, and you don't notice time passing, and then you stop, and you're like, Jesus. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's so rapid just in terms of like everyday life. Mm -hmm. Like, to have a moment to stand and like think about the day you had, you don't really get the chance to do that. I, yeah, I never, do. I should do that more often. It's, <laughs> it's, but that's what I like about going back to Dublin, is it like reminds me that New York is not the center of the universe. Yeah. And that. It just like puts my feet back on the ground a little bit and like, you know, resets my center of gravity or something. I feel a little more clear in the head after no, spending I, time in Dublin. I, could def I know exactly what you mean because yeah. like, I feel like I've seen it inadvertently like just around like um, Irish musicians who are like relatively well known. Like if I'm in Dublin and I'm like around them or if I see them, 
there's like no, what's the right word for it? There's no discrepancy amongst someone who's like well known or a regular person who's at a shop. In it's just, when you're in Ireland? Yeah, in Ireland. I feel like even though someone's recognized, it's just yeah. like, oh, you're just that person. Well, there's like no celebrity culture in Ireland, which I think is one of the best. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes some of the magazines will like try and like <laughs> spice things up. Try and <laughs> create one, and I'm just like, it does, it's good that there's not one here, you know? Yeah. And it's one of, I think it's, yeah, it just makes. Everything's just like more relaxed or something. Yeah. And you know, one of the other things about living here you've experienced quite a bit is that we talked briefly about this earlier, like how you've been in LA quite a bit. Yeah. So like inadvertently your life being here, you've been a very bicoastal person. I know. Isn't that mad? Yeah. <laughs> and also I feel like well even it's only been in the last like two years that I've started to go to LA a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um one because some of my friends from New York started moving out there. And yeah. I was like, wait, don't want <laughs> yeah. And then also there's just been a lot of, musically, like a lot of people who I have been writing with are based in LA too, so. Um, and also just New York winters are awful, so. Yeah, that's true, that's It's kind of nice to escape it, yeah. yeah. But I don't know, I, like, I kind of like it more and more each time I go. Yeah, like how do you feel the way you like, how did you feel the last time you were there, contrasted from like the first time you went, like to LA? Well, the first time I went was for a friend's 21st birthday that was happening in Vegas. And so it was insane. <laughs> that sounds and fucking savage. It was deadly. There was like, and she's Irish, so there was maybe like 25 of us. Oh my god. And I went, I remember I flew into LA, stayed at a friend's house for like two or two days and we took a bus to Vegas. Yeah. Um, the bus broke down, it was like a whole thing. And then we went back to, but it was like I was in LA to sort of en route to somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. But for, for the first few times I went, I didn't really like it because it was just the place that was stealing my New York friends. Yeah. So I had this like grudge against LA. And I didn't understand, like I was still obsessed with the fact that you can walk everywhere in New York and the fact that it's like a 24-hour city and yeah. I just couldn't understand why anybody would want to live there. And then I spent more time in LA, or in New York and I started to get like, uh, I don't know, the like magic of New York started to <laughs> evaporate a little bit when I was like, this city's also kind of hard to live in sometimes. And now when I go to LA I'm just like, oh, Weather's nice and the um, general mood of people is quite nice. Yeah, like my friends call me and they're just like doing things like going for a bike ride on the beach and like <laughs> all these like outdoorsy things. They're like going surfing and all this stuff and I'm like, oh cool, we're like you know, it's ten of us like huddled in like this tiny apartment <laughs> somewhere hanging out here, but I don't know, I like going because it means also the last few times I go it feels like I go on like a bit of a mission to I go for like two weeks and I'm in the studio a lot and yeah. I get so much done and um, yeah, I really like it out there now. Yeah. Do you feel like getting to do that like helps a lot creatively? Mm-hmm. Massively. Anytime I go, anytime I change, especially my environment, it immediately like stimulates my brain in a way. Um, do you ever find yourself surprised by it? Like do you find yourself ever like in the midst of it and just like 
because I feel like sometimes it's about inspiration. Sometimes you can like be so inspired in the middle of being inspired. That's a great <laughs> sentence, wasn't it? But you could you could find yourself feeling inspired and then almost not realize how you found yourself there. Like almost like oh, I'm like feeling really pumped up right now. Yeah, I mean that's still that happens for me in New York as well, and it's very unpredictable. But I think the thing about LA lately when I go is like. There's certain people who I write with out there who I just love working with. Um, so it's like when I get to be in a room with them, it's like take my brain just opens up in a way that it doesn't when I'm in a room by myself. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'd love to hear you talk about that a bit more because I think for like a lot of people listening um, and just people who enjoy music in general, I think so many people associate music with being such a solitary thing of like someone writing, you know, just on their own. But there are so many people, like I'd say majority of people who do write with people. Like what do you feel writing with people gives you that, I don't know how to phrase this question, I guess in terms of just like, like does it surprise you like how much you enjoy writing with people? Like, like what it allows you to do? Yeah, and it's crazy because, well it, it really depends on the person. Like I've, you know, there's like a lot of times I've written, not with a few people and a lot of the time it's like I meet, you meet them for the first time when you go to the studio with them yeah like it's like your managers have set it up or something or like someone's reached out to someone and but that it's so sometimes it can be so awkward because yeah. like like hi how's it going nice to meet you and then you like make a song together and it's like there's you know there's, you have to be free to be like make mistakes and say stupid things and have bad ideas and all of that stuff which is sometimes hard to do when it's someone who you met like 20 minutes earlier yeah. or even if it's someone who like you are a fan of and you want them to think that you're good you yeah. know but um in the in the times when when you find someone to work with and it clicks right away and it's like oh because because i'll write a lot i'll write all the time on, on my own like almost every day and then i'll so, you know, uh, a song will get to a certain point and then I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall with it. And then if I go, like the person who I have written with the most is Alex Kaznoff, who's done like, we did, he produced Lost and Ruin Your Night. And then 4am, I think I had that like 80% written. Yes. Almost. And then we, I went to LA and it was like, we re changed the structure and like we wrote the bridge together or something. Wow. But it's just like, it feels like, you know, you, I, you don't know you have tunnel vision. And then I bring like Alex in and we talk, and it's like I zoom out and I can see so much more of what I didn't know was there in terms of like ways to take the song, if that makes any sense. No, it totally does. I think that's like probably the most apt way to put it. Yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to describe, but it's like oh. I thought I was looking at the whole map and then someone else comes in and then we like take a few steps back and you're like together your perspective is feels just like opens up the options or something does that sometimes happen from like conversation because i imagine like with something such as uh, creatively tangible as a song if you're in a room with someone a writer and they ask you what this asks you what this means or like what do you think about it it probably like forces you to like look at a different perspective just by proxy of having to like articulate totally. There's a song that, that's not out yet that I uh, worked on with Alex called Can't We Pretend and I had put um, a version, like a demo of it up on YouTube mm -hmm. like 
I don't know, a year ago maybe. And I remember showing it to Alex when I was in LA and he was like, This is he's like, This is really good and I really like it, but you're kinda of tiptoeing around whatever you're trying to say. He was like, I can tell. Oh. And I was like, Oh yeah, but it's so uncomfortable. I'm like Oh my god. I don't want to not that I didn't want to talk about it, but he's really you know, it sometimes forces you to to hold yourself to a higher standard, I think. Yeah. Um, Which can be tough to do, even if even if you're the type of person to do that, actively doing that, I imagine, is a difficult thing to do. Yeah, but it's easier to do. It's easier to do when you're when someone else is with. Like I remember with that song, he was just like we literally sat down and we were like, he was like, "What are you trying to say?" Because you're almost saying it, but you're not. Do you take any guesses? Well, I think he knew, like, the song, this, the song is basically about, like, the fact that I, that I, like, it's about leaving Dublin and moving to New York, and I think it's a song I had tried to write, like, ten times, <laughs> and then, oh, no. um, this, this was a time where, with his help, that I actually said it 100% completely without, like, you know, hiding it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he, he knew that, but he was like, you're, if you're gonna say it, just say it, and don't, don't shy away from it, even if it's like an uncomfortable thing, and you're gonna say stuff in it that's like, yeah. you know, you're confronting like things that make you uncomfortable, so, but I, there's no way I would have been able to do that without him, like, you know, just holding, kind of holding <laughs> me accountable, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I think it's easier to let yourself off the hook when yeah. it's just you and you say, yeah, this is good, this is good enough, and then when it's not, <laughs> or when yeah. you can push it further. You know what I love, you know what I really love about hearing you say that is because like, I think out of a lot of people I know, you're one of the most non-arbitrary people I know. <laughs> no, you honestly are, and like, I feel like in regards to that, I could almost see, I could almost see the different thoughts you would have in a song like that, and one of them probably being like, so many people would probably expect you to write about something like this that I know probably for you you'd be like, I don't know if I want to write just about that, like that experience yeah. of like moving here and like you know all those types of things. Yeah, and I think it's like because I had tried to write, I, I kept writing about it because I think I had never properly said it. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of those songs that I wrote about it didn't, were never released, they were just like things, demos that I made or whatever. And I think it was all just like me working up to this version where I actually like yeah. said the thing properly and 100% truthfully and then now I feel like I did that, I don't need to write that song again because yeah. I, I did it and it's... Does a song like that, like the process of making that song, like the writing of it, does it feel almost involuntary in a way where you feel like you have to get this out otherwise it's going to be on your mind? Yeah. No, they don't always feel like that, but there are very, there are certain ones that are like, it's like my own, the only way that I can make sense of it or like reconcile my feelings about it. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, that's one of them. There's a few songs like that. Um, other ones I just like write because like I want to write a song and it's fun and I want to have like something to listen to or whatever or like I want to like immortalize some funny night out that I have with my friends but 
that one, yeah, there's a few, like, every now and again, it's like, I feel something, like, so strongly, and I don't know how to put it into words other than to write a song cool. about it. And if you didn't write it, probably, like, not, not you. Yeah. Oh. It would, like, it would, yeah, it would, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like the way that I express those things that I don't always know how to do in, like, a conversation with somebody, yeah. or, um, Confront in real life, which maybe is not the most healthy, <laughs> like not the healthiest way to go about it. Hey, but, but you're a musician. Like, That's yeah. your excuse. Exactly. That's what you're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, when you brought up uh, how awkward it would be being in the going to a studio for a writer that you know you don't, you're meeting just at that moment, I just it hit me like I, I, like it's just a pure curiosity. But like, do you ever feel like you've been in a situation where you were with a writer and he didn't listen to your music beforehand? Because I imagine that must be like standard protocol, right? Yeah, let me think. I mean, I... I think so, but also the one who I'm thinking of is actually a really good... I really like what we did together. I don't yeah. even hold it. I mean, he, he actually might have done, but the first, like, the first thing that we had done when I got to his studio was we like listened to a bunch of my stuff on Spotify just because he wanted to, I don't remember though if that's because he didn't know it yeah. or because he just wanted to like get reacquainted. Oh my god, so you have to sit there, like I'm thinking about the functionality of it, like you being sat there with him and then he plays on Spotify and you're just kind of like <laughs> together. Yeah, it's awkward. It's also <laughs> just, I mean... A lot of the time what I'll do as well is, see sometimes I'll, I'll like, it's people who I know or like it's a friend of a friend and we'll like text or email or something before yeah. and um, and like send each other demos just so there's like, you, you might have something that you want to work on before you go or like yeah. the ball's already rolling but uh, the other awkward thing is like going and playing at the start of the day like going and playing down, well I like it, but sometimes it can be quite awkward, like listening to your own demos in front of the person who's like deciding whether or not they want to work on it. I've seen uh, I've seen bands do that with uh, producers and engineers before. And yeah. Something I've seen happen is like a band member who'd like have like like vocally remind that it's a demo, even though it's already known. Like yeah. it'd be like maybe 30, 40 seconds in, and he's like, "Yeah, but that's this is just a demo. We're gonna obviously do this." <laughs> I feel like every musician does that. I do that all the time. Like I'll be playing stuff in here, and my roommate comes in, and she's like, "Oh, it sounds amazing." And I'm like, "No, no, no, it's just a demo." <laughs> Like, uh, it's not mixed yet, or like... You know what's funny? Like, me as a music fan, I wonder if you ever heard someone say this too. From some bands that I really like, like some bands who like sometimes use demos as b-sides, I think like maybe 60% of the time I usually find myself preferring demos and stuff. Is that weird? No, I don't think that's weird. I think there's something really, you know, special about stuff when it's that raw. Yeah. Like, even yes, last night I was listening to loads of demos of my own from I was just like going through some stuff and I was listening to demos and everything was recorded either in this room or like in my bedroom in there on like a shitty mic and oh. really quickly knowing that it was gonna change and it was just like a placeholder but um, sometimes like you can hear the, tra the traffic outside and you can hear like just life moving around so I don't have anything soundproofed or anything yeah. and I think there's something really special about like how raw they, they are, you know? Yeah. 
That sounds quite beautiful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I get not scared, but it's like I love a demo so much, and then it's you just I always just feel like I have to you know come at it totally fresh when I go and actually record in the studio for the most part because if I try to recreate that you can kind of like get stuck yeah and I just don't know that you're ever going to be able to make like a, sometimes if you make like a high quality studio version of a demo for me at least you just lose the magic and it doesn't it doesn't sound better yeah. Sounds like it's been sterilized or something. And then you have someone like me who's like, I like the demo better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, something I've always liked about you over the years, and it's been years, holy shit. You know, I was just thinking that. Yeah, is that like, you know, I've, I've like heard your music grow over the years, you know, I've heard different songs, and we've talked about music loads, about yeah. you writing music and how much it means to you. And something that I think is really interesting about you is like how you had this song Petrol Station, mm -hmm. which people reacted to. And I feel like what's interesting about a song like that is that it can be one of those songs that people might use as like a, a descriptor of like what, who you are as an artist. Yeah. But I feel like quite I feel like it's been quite an active mission from you to like not let people pigeonhole yourself musically. Like I feel like even though you do play guitar and you sing, you don't want to be seen as like a singer-songwriter. And I know from talking to people about music you're into, there's so many other music yeah. that you love. Do you feel like that's important for you, that people don't just see you as just this like one type of musician? Yeah, and I mean, even thinking about stuff that's come out since Petrol Station, like, I've definitely, uh, like, lost and ruined your night and walk away. Like, there was, they were, quite different sonically to Petrol Station like um, I think after Petrol Station like I had a full EP that was like mixed and mastered and very much in the same vein as that one mm -hmm. that I that one I had worked on with a producer in New York called Bale but then the other three songs for the EP I produced myself and I was I already sent them to the the guy who was doing press for it and everything like I was so close to releasing it yeah. and then I was just like I don't to do this and these aren't good enough and I just didn't it felt like a very narrow uh, like like you could almost visualize the path getting narrower once it got out into the world in a way yeah and it just it, I don't know I just didn't think I didn't wasn't that excited about them and part of that was because of the like palette of, of sounds that I had used so then I think there were, the other songs that came after were like a total reaction to that. Like there was a lot of live guitars and live bass and very little, I mean little bits here and there, but like not a lot of electronic production on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like so much different music. And I also think I like songs and songwriting more than I, more than I care about, um, like even with my like, I'm thinking about this interview I saw with um, Arcade Fire, yeah. and uh, and the guy he was saying I think it was like a Red Bull Music Academy one or something. Um, what's his name? Oh, uh, Win Butler. Win Butler. Yeah, he was saying like, oh, for every album when we we sort of uh, come at it like we're we're a new we're like the same people, but it's a new band, so we're like the suburbs, and then were the reflectors, and then were um, 
everything now is the next title. Yeah, and then so we're called like, and I really like, and I think that's what I like about a lot of my favorite people is, favorite artists is when they keep changing it up. And also for myself, I just get really bored if yeah. I feel like things are staying static in terms of what I'm making. I can understand that. And like, I feel like what might confuse some people with like hearing the EP, and I just want to add this part to it, is like, I can totally understand why you'd make that choice because it's not just it's not just that you're releasing music to have your name out there. It's just that you'd have to live with that, and then it'd be yeah. like a thing people would reference to. And I even listened back to some of those songs. Like that was probably like two two years ago when I made them. Yeah. And some of my friends loved them, and they were yeah. so mad at me when I didn't release them because I would like play them for them, and they would like I'd say a few of them probably have them on their on their phones and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they, and they still love those songs and they don't understand why I didn't release them. But I listen to them now and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't put this out. Because yeah. it's just like... It's I, not you. Yeah. And it just doesn't... I wouldn't... Yeah, it was like me sort of like faking it, you know? That's how I felt about it. Yeah. Petra Station, I, I love that song and I'm so happy I put that one out. And that's one that like two years later I still feel good about. Mm -hmm. But like the other ones, I was like, wow. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that. But that's such an interesting duality because, you know, we brought up that Arcade Fire quote there. And yeah. I think that definitely goes into a lot of musicians we both like. But then it's like, at the same time, like using Arcade Fire for context, like with their newer songs that they've released, you can still tell it's them and you can still tell there's yeah. that how to sound. So it's almost like, how does one change and yet still have that? I guess that's the golden question, isn't it? Yeah, and I think for me and myself, like, it's hard, because I'm so close to it, it's hard for me to sometimes have perspective on yeah. how things, like with 4AM, which I know sonically again is like different to Ruin Your Night and Lost and the ones that came before it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well is this going to be, you know, confusing for people? I was like, A, I don't really care because I'm just going to put out music that I like and that I think is cool and yeah. it's going to change and I think that's a good thing but what, what a few people said to me was like you're, the way that I write is pretty consistent I think yeah lyrically lyrically yeah, yeah. Um, so that almost in a way can like that's, that's like, the descriptor in a sense like yeah. that's what people could reference to that's like the glue and the thread and it's not yeah. like even if the instrumentation and the arrangements change up a little, I think uh, the way that I write is a pretty like stable constant. Yeah. So the, the stuff just moves around it. That was really funny just now, by the way, seeing you doing your best to like suppress your smile. It's like <laughs> you were, when you, were, when you were about to say, I don't care, I didn't care how people responded to the song, if like, if they were confused by it. I saw it, you were just, there was like a quiver. You're like, yeah, well, fuck those girls. Well, <laughs> but I don't care, I mean, like, that's not what I'm, that's not the thing that's going to dictate the type of music that I make, you know? Because yeah. I think that's just a recipe for disaster. No, I agree. What's um, the story behind that song specifically, beforehand? Beforehand. Yeah. Um, how would I explain this? It, it's kind of about... I mean, it was like one time when someone was here, here in this apartment, and it was four in the morning, and I was like, you know what, you're not staying the night. <laughs> so I was like, you should leave. Um, 
but it's kind of like one of those things. I think I have a habit a lot of the time of like things, especially with in like relationships and stuff. If things go wrong, I'll just blame myself, and I'm like, well, that's because I'm like this, and that's because. And whatever, and that's that's I'm cool with it. But then this was like one time when I was like, actually, we're in this situation because you because of you. <laughs> it's not what I've done. Oh, wow. It was like a moment, and I had it was like a, when I was writing the song, it was kind of just about like standing up for myself and saying yeah. and not not you know placing the blame. Yeah, like not letting yourself be stuck in like a situation, I imagine. Yeah, just being like, well, I don't care, you can leave, and, yeah. and that could <laughs> I'm come not going to feel bad about it. Yeah, and that could come in a lot of ways, because, I mean, you're describing a particular instance of that night, but I imagine just by proxy of that person existing, there was also like, you know, probably like, uh, the way the guys, the way you two might have communicated, that might have been like reoccurring, and it's like, you almost have to learn how to stand up to that as well. Yeah, totally. And I think it's like applicable across the board. It's like it's just about, you know, not not settling for people who aren't you know, treating you well or like yeah. in any capacity, like in not just in like a relationship but like across the board. I think it was just like me saying, Hang on a minute. Yeah. No. <laughs> And I think that's interesting with like your music in general, like Ruin Your Night and Walk Away. Like a lot of the songs released last year because yeah. something that I found with all those songs, and I still do even when I re-listen to them, is that you can't tell if you're talking about a guy or a friend or like a family member or a uh -huh. colleague. It's like the, rela the relationships and the lyric and the subject matter of the lyrics. It feels like it could like be applicable to like any type oh, of relationship. That's so interesting. I but I feel like you must have, was that, do you feel like that was deliberate, in a way? Because I, I feel like with you, with the way you write, I feel like you, you wouldn't want people to just associate with like one type of situation. Well, I think, I mean, it's not necessarily, I don't think it's deliberate, but I do think that there are some, I don't always write about, like, I write about my friends a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because they're such a huge part of my life, and I think, I don't know, I just really like, we just like do stupid things and I think <laughs> friendships are like really interesting relationships they're just like these people who you go through life with and it's like and you choose to have yeah and then it's not like in a relationship where you've like made this commitment and you're like just like this person who you know and you do things together yeah. <laughs> and that's like your friend um, but a lot of my friends are like friends I've had since I was like five years old, you know? So they're like, I really have gone through life with them. And we're like as good friends now as we were when we were, you know, yeah. children. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, even Lost, like that's a song that I wrote about a friend of mine when his girlfriend broke up with him. Um, but I don't know. That's funny you say that, because I always think, like, for me, when I'm writing songs, I have a very clear picture of who I'm writing about and what I'm writing about, and, like, like, with Petrol Station, I remember someone asked me, like, was it, you know, how much was grounded in reality, and, like, for that song, every single line, I can pinpoint, like, a specific moment from that summer that, you know, that each of those little stories within the song is about, so, uh, but I like that, too, I never wanted to... I think it's better when someone can listen to it and then like 
fill in the gaps of their own life in it, rather than just yeah. feeling like they're listening to someone else's biography. Yeah, like you don't want it to be, I mean, I love Adele, massive Adele fan, prefacing this because I'm going to be a criticism, <laughs> but I imagine in this sense you wouldn't want it to be like an Adele situation where it's like, you know the guy on the album exists and it's like about a specific one singular, no, yeah. like on, was it 21, like we know it's like that one guy. Right, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Adele's the best by the way, so just. No, I love Adele. I love Adele, but yeah, I agree, it's like, I don't know, but then it's weird because I think I write things that are like extremely specific, like the way that lyrically I write, but then people are always like, oh, that made me think of this thing in my life, and I was like, alright, phew, <laughs> because it's, you know, I think there's still room in it to, to fill in the gaps. You know, you brought up before, like, how your friends, some of your friends have, like, some of your songs on their phone, and like, yeah. I don't even think I had a chance to ask someone a question so direct, but like, because of, like, dude, you have to, because, you know, you talked earlier before, and I've seen it, like, over the years, like, how close you are to music. I want to say probably closer than most people I can even think of. And, like, dude, what is that like knowing you have people, you have friends <laughs> who have your music on their phones? Like, it's like, that's real. For, like, that's... Yeah. I don't know. I don't really... What do you mean, like having mu having unreleased music? Just okay. music in general, or the fact, uh, like the fact that someone could you use your music to go through the day in any capacity, like. Yeah, that's like hard for me to get my head around. Um, Especially people who, like, I mean, right now, I say right now, we're like we're recording now. Once this goes up, <laughs> I imagine that one of your friends is probably be listening to this and they're listening to your voice. Yeah, that's true. They'll <laughs> probably text me like right. <laughs> Um, he me <laughs> I don't know, I, I, that's like one of the main reasons that I like, that, that I like writing music is because like, like I'll be with friends and or they'll come pick me up and then I get in their car and they have one of my songs on or it's just like it's, oh, or people will like snapchat me when they're like out and about and, or they're like getting ready to go out and they have my song on in the background, you know what I mean? And that's, for me it's like when I write them, it's hard for me to imagine someone doing the, it. Yeah, it's just hard to imagine like those little moments in people's lives when you know when it's like the soundtrack to their day. Because I listen to music non-stop. It's like the only thing I do. Yeah. Um, other than when I'm writing it, so it's like it's weird that like something I write will be just like and you don't even. It's, just, it's like you don't even know. It's like out there, like right now, like. My songs are playing in like people's yeah. cars and whatever, and it's weird that. Because friends of mine also will send me Snapchats of them like being in a coffee shop or my friends at McDonald's in Dublin the other day, and she sent me a video of, of her and, and Walk Away was on, and that still hasn't happened to me. Like, <laughs> like 50 of my friends have sent me, or like, or not even just friends, but like random people on yeah. Instagram and stuff who send me it, and I'm just like, what is that gonna happen? I think I sent you like a text where I think was it like one of the Gizmodo Jezebel blogs had like walk away on. I was like, oh shit. It's, like, oh really? Blog. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to go somewhere and hear it on the radio. <laughs> I think that would be cool. We were at a restaurant, like a Mexican restaurant, and my friends asked the waitress to put it on. Really? Because we were having this conversation. They were like, oh, we just heard it yesterday here or whatever. And then I was like, damn, it still hasn't happened to me. I still haven't heard it. <laughs> So then they asked the waitress to put it on, and she put it on in the restaurant. I was like, "That's not the that same." That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. 
embarrassing. That's wicked that she did it though. Like. Yeah, I know. That would be weird if you gave her your like debit That's... card, your credit card. She's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. But then we were leaving, and she just kept saying, "Congratulations, congratulations." I was like, no. Congratulations. Oh. You know what, before I let you go, it hit me, because you just brought up like how you listen to music all the time. And we've talked about music before. And uh, I know you're you were like a big Jamie XX fan. Did mm -hmm. you what do you think of the new XX album? I love it. I was just watching the new video video for uh, I dare you. I dare you last night. Um, that video is fucking incredible now. Yeah, it's so cool. I love the album. Uh, I love how like I don't know, it feels like a little poppier or something, like yeah. more upbeat, more, their voices are like more front and center. Yeah, and they feel, I was actually just talking to someone about this yesterday, like, I've loved them for years and I've always thought they've been a solid band, but it's crazy when a band you've always thought was solid can make an album like this where it just sounds so reassured. Like, yeah. they sound so comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. I mean, I love it for all the same reasons that I love Coexist, like, that one is, feels like very confident in for the opposite reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because like to be I love that you said that because I don't think I realized that about coexist until I heard this album. Yeah. Like like when I I don't think I ever considered they were probably in an uncomfortable state as a unit until having this and it's like, oh I can contrast it with that. Yeah, I mean I love all their albums. God. I'm a big fan. That's such a, <laughs> it's, isn't it crazy like how because I saw them recently, they played Forest, yeah, it was Forest Hills, I saw them. Oh, cool. And, you know, such a big space, but like, it fit, like it made sense. So you yeah. Know, like that. When I was making, there was a bunch of songs that I made around the same time I did Walk Away. And like, the XX were probably the main, the main influence that I had when I was making those songs. I think I've like loosened up a little since then about like, having like preconceived notions about what I want things to sound like. I leave a lot more room for like like experimentation, I would say. But when I was doing Walk Away in those, I was like, it's gonna be simple bass lines yeah. and like, you know, electric guitar and then little flourishes of percussion. Yeah. I think I was just listening to Coexist a lot <laughs> and I was like obsessed with it at the time. By the way, that was my favorite song when the song was released. I mean, I loved all of them, but Walk, Walk Away. Oh, really? That's so that. interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that bass line going in at the start, that's fucking mm -hmm. gnarly. Bro. Yeah, I was like, I've been playing the bass for like two weeks when I read that. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely comes across. Yeah. Actually, wait, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you. I'll just keep you here forever, but there was one more thing. Because uh, earlier this year, I think it was earlier this year, you opened up for Jens Lichtman. Yeah. That dude is fucking incredible. That was awesome. That show was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, you watched some of the set after it. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was so, because he had, I guess he played, that was his third New York show that he'd done. Um, they were all sold out, which was deadly. And yeah. he, but that one, he played solo. So, um, it was that rough trade. So, he played solo, and the first like three or four songs was just like him and his guitar. Mm -hmm. And then he had this. I don't even know what it was, he had this like thing on stage, it was like a, some kind of machine. Mm -hmm. He pressed a button and then it was like he had a whole band and he was just like playing the tambourine. Oh really? It was, but the whole place was like electric, it was so good. <laughs> you know what I think is amazing about you opening up for him? And it kind of, this is going to be a good cap off of everything we talked about, is that 
like, you know, you're so close to your music, you're the type of musician where everything you do is so concise for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel you could say a lot of that a lot about with him, where he's had this long career where it's interesting that there's so few musicians, I feel like, when you listen to them, you can say everything on their albums and their singles and everything they do is so precisely them. And he's yeah. one of those where it's like, that's him. Like, when yeah. you perform, like, it's funny, a friend of mine, I feel like a lot of his fans too are really, he has like a cult following, like I could yeah. tell from, that's the first time I've ever seen him play, and you could just tell that everybody in that room was like a die-hard fan, like they knew every word to everything. One of my friends, I remember texting her being like, hey, do you want to come, I had a bunch of like guest list spots, so I was like, do you want to come yeah. to this show I have on Friday? And she's like, oh, I can't, I have tickets to see Anne Slepman, <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she was like a mega fan. That's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. God. And he's so pop. Like the newer songs, are, like he's such a positive guy. Like, yeah, I know. It's such a, a lot of them are like really happy songs. Did you get to talk to him a bit? Yeah, like, he was really, really cool. I spoke to him afterwards. Um, I was like playing, and like he was like up on the, you know, the, like they have the balconies at the side. Mm-hmm. He was like up on the balcony watching my set. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Dude, that's fucking. He's a nice guy. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that you enjoy this summer heat now. Thanks for chatting. Of course, thanks for, thanks for stopping by my empty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've all had it. Yeah. <laughs>